Looking for a graduation gift to inform, inspire, and encourage? When you give a subscription to Christianity Today, you're giving redemptive, relevant news and thoughtful balanced dialogue about the church, current issues, and public theology. Visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to get a discounted student subscription for the graduates in your life. Starting at only $2 per month, this gift will engage and grow their faith throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hello, this is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts, questions and conversations about faith, life, and culture. As a matter of fact, this is Signposts Rebirth. This is the new relaunch of uh, Signposts. And today, I want to talk about a question that I get so often that I'm frankly starting to get tired of it. And it's the question of whether or not we ought to give up on the word evangelical, or or whether we ought to give up on evangelicalism uh, itself as a movement. Now, here's why I think this actually is an important question, and it's, it's about more than just names and titles and categories. I often, when I hear people talking about my hometown, I know when someone pronounces it Biloxi, that this is someone who has no idea what the town is, and they're simply reading a word uh, off of a, of a page. And I even had uh, someone say to me one time when they were talking about, now you're from Biloxi, Mississippi. I said, no, I'm from Biloxi, Mississippi. It's pronounced Biloxi. And the response was, well, whatever. doesn't matter. Well, it does matter to, to me, because if you're naming it something other than what it actually is, then it's it's telling me that you don't you don't know it. Uh, you don't understand it. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, many of us, and I, I, I say us, are irked sometimes when we see the word evangelical uh, being used in some really broad and often weird and sometimes even gospel-denying kinds of ways out there in the, in the broader culture. A couple years ago, I wrote a piece in the Washington Post that, uh, that said that I find myself not using the word evangelical uh, very often anymore and instead using gospel Christian uh, when, when people ask me uh, about my religious affiliation and, and, and who I am. And the reason for that is because often now when people in the, the larger world use the word evangelical, what they're, what they're doing is talking about mostly simply a political category. They're, they're talking about white evangelicals, rarely talking about uh, evangelicals of color, and they're talking about a caricature of evangelicals, either as just kind of a, a voting block, group of group of people who are like cicadas that kind of go into dormancy between Iowa caucuses uh, every four years, 
or evangelical in terms of the most buffoonish sorts of representatives of evangelicalism that might be out there on on television or or on the internet. Now, why that's important is because there is a sense out there among many people that I deal with all the time, some of you, I I know that many of you who uh, listen to this program aren't Christians yet. And sometimes the biggest skepticism that many people have is, well, is Christianity, and particularly is evangelical Christianity, really about something else? Or are you talking about Jesus just so you can get me to sign up with some uh, movement or so that I can behave the way that you want me to behave or so that I can buy the products that you, that you want me to, to buy? Uh, th- those sorts of questions. That's a problem. That's an important issue that we ought to face. The other is that often when I see the word evangelical being being used, it's being used in a way that is on the one hand really, really narrow, uh, talking about white evangelicals who share the same sorts of, of subculture. On the other hand, really, really broadly, including, for instance, prosperity gospel hucksters out there in the world that, that are being claimed as uh, evangelical Christians. And one of the ways that this came home to me in, in recent years was I was having a conversation with someone who is a prosperity gospel, health and wealth Christian, and I use Christian in, in quotes here, but who was advocating all of this really, really aberrant theology, but at the same time was really upset about my denomination, about, about my denomination's publishing house, particularly because of the, the stands that they had taken on sexuality. And it didn't make sense to me at first because I thought, no, wait a minute, this is somebody who is a culture warring uh, sort of sort of person that isn't isn't at all, I would think, wanting to embrace these progressive revisionist ideas of sexuality until in the conversation it it finally started to dawn on me this person wants to make sure that evangelicalism is not defined theologically in in such a way that it would exclude the kind of product that they're selling i think that's exactly what we ought to do so when we come to this question of evangelical you see it in the newspaper, you read it on the internet, you have people talking about it in your community, and someone says to you, so are you an evangelical? Are you an evangelical Christian? Does that really matter? Well, on the one hand, no. It doesn't matter very much because evangelical isn't in and of itself a a biblical word. And, And not only that, very few people actually in their daily lives, I think, refer to themselves or think of themselves as evangelical. Lifeway Research did a study not long ago that said there are far more people who call themselves evangelical than actually believe uh, what, what one would consider to be evangelical doctrines. I, I, I know that's true. I suspect that that's, uh, that that's quite true. I also think, though, that the reverse is true, that there are many people who are evangelical Christians, but who don't call themselves that. If you ask them, 
what's your religion or what's your faith tradition? Uh, I'm a Christian or I'm a Methodist, they might say, or I'm non-denominational or I'm born again. I, I believe the gospel. I think, there are, I think there are all sorts of ways that people respond to that. And the, the answers start to narrow down when you start asking, well, what kind of Christian are you? Or what kind of Methodist are you? What kind of Presbyterian are you? Then often, uh, evangelical uh, will, will come forward as a, as a modifier. So in one sense, it's not important. But in another sense, I think it makes a huge difference. And that's especially true when we're talking about uh, the ways that we cooperate together as gospel Christians, as evangelicals. How do we identify the, the boundaries and the center of that sort of cooperation? And, and by that, I mean cooperation in terms of things as broad as global missions and as narrow as specific college campus uh, ministry. I was um, on a campus not long ago, and it was the same story that I have faced on college campuses all over the country, where there, there was a, a group, an evangelical uh, fellowship on that campus that had to stop using the, the word evangelical, even though they'd used it for, I don't know, 50 years or something, but had to, had to change because they're trying to do evangelism. And when they're talking to unbelievers, what they find is that when they say evangelical, uh, an, an unbeliever hears something very, very different than the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the authority of the Bible and the necessity of personal faith in Christ. They, they hear a specific cultural or, or political program, and that was impeding the evangelism and, and missions thrust of, uh, of that organization and of many others that are, that are wrestling with this and trying to figure out how do we describe themselves. Now, some people would say, well, evangelicalism has always just been sort of cultural resentment and white identity and those, those sorts of things. Ross Douthat sort of made this argument uh, in his column in the New York Times a couple of months ago when he says, I'm not sure we actually have an evangelical crisis because it, it could be that evangelicalism just has always been uh, the caricature that people have of it and always will be uh, the caricature that, that people have of it. I don't believe that. Uh, I think if we, if we look at what evangelicalism means in terms of the, the word itself and in terms of the movement, it's, as Tim Keller pointed out uh, in The New Yorker, a renewal movement uh, within the church. Goes goes back to the, the revivals, uh, George Whitfield and John Wesley and others who are coming into an uh, established, culturally established, or in some cases state-established church, and saying, you must be born again. Remember the words that Jesus gave to uh, gave to Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he will not inherit the kingdom of God. That renewal movement continues to Billy Graham, who, if you'll remember, when he's preaching, you must be born again. There must be new birth. He's preaching to people who were largely culturally Christian and uh, largely, as he begins in the 1950s, uh, people who would share sort of homogenous American values about life and work and, and family. 
And Billy Graham is saying, that is not good enough. You cannot simply reform yourself. You must be regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. That's, that's the gift that evangelicalism brings as an emphasis. Carl F.H. Henry, same thing, coming in and saying evangelicals ought to be the people who are constantly standing up and saying the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. So evangelical is a good word to, to show the continuity of all, of all of these different renewal movements that really are connected to one another historically and in the present. But also it's a good word because it's rooted in the word for gospel, the word for, for good news. And that's something that we really do not want to give up. And as, as much as I'm uncomfortable sometimes with the word evangelical in the current uh, context, we shouldn't hastily give the word up. Uh, for, for one thing, the sorts of caricatures of evangelicalism that we see around us as a strictly kind of cultural phenomenon, that's really old, isn't going to last. As, as I've been trying to argue for years, cultural Christianity is sick and dying. People do not increasingly, you just go down demographically and look, people do not feel the need to identify themselves nominally with uh, the church or with Christianity in order to be seen as, as good people. Now, at one level, that really ought to be a, a terrifying uh, reality for us. Because, again, going back to Ross that I'm always reminded or very often reminded of what uh, Ross said uh, to sort of secular progressives in, his, in which he said, you know, you were worried about the religious right just wait until you see the post-religious right. Well, we're starting to see that uh, around the world right now, where you have uh, groups and movements on the right and on the left that have no pretense to Christian norms whatsoever. They care about Christianity only in terms of not something else, so that Christianity is just another way of saying Western civilization, but there's no, there's no commitment to the authority of the Bible. There's no commitment to, uh, to the new birth. There's no commitment to the, the teachings of Jesus and discipleship and bearing the cross and, and the Holy Spirit. That is, that is a terrifying thing in terms of a, of a cultural movement. On the other hand, though, that is actually good news, for the church and for the people of God, because the way that the gospel goes forward is not through sameness with the culture around us. The way the gospel goes forward is through distinction. And so when we think about evangelicalism and we think about, uh, well, what, what does it usually mean when evangelicals themselves have said the word evangelical? Well, it means commitment to the truthfulness and the authority of the Bible, commitment to the need for personal faith and repentance, commitment to the cross uh, of Jesus Christ as the climax of uh, all of creation and uh, the, the place from which flows uh, redemption. It's a commitment to personal evangelism and to, and to missions. Those things uh, are still going to be here. So there are some people who would say, well, evangelicalism isn't even going to last. Well, 
I think evangelicalism, whatever you call it, is going to last because the gospel lasts and because the church is always going to need that that movement within it saying, remember, you cannot stand before God except through the mediation of Jesus Christ. Remember the gospel. So where does that leave us with the word evangelical? On the one hand, as I said, I'm tired of talking about this because uh, I'm asked about it so often. And what I want to say is really there are deeper issues here that we ought to get at, the very root uh, sort of questions about what it means to be gospel people. That's more important than what people think about when they hear the, the branding of the word evangelical. But it is a little disconcerting because I'm afraid that if we're not careful— what happened to the word evangelist might happen to the word uh, evangelical. Now, there's a difference because evangelist and evangelism, of course, are directly biblical uh, words, do the work of an evangelist. But coming out of the, the scandals of television evangelists in the 1980s, what I found was that there, there were a lot of people, especially people under a certain age, who became very reluctant to use the word evangelism or evangelist, even people who actually were evangelists, whether just in terms of having the gift of evangelism or uh, people who actually were vocationally uh, evangelists. They were reluctant to use the word because they knew if they said it, what, what people would hear is, someone who's fleecing you for money, someone who's living a a hypocritical moral life, uh, and those sorts of of questions. Well, evangelist and evangelism are words we shouldn't abandon to the hucksters. And evangelicalism isn't something that we should abandon to cultural Christianity. Now, there are some words that sometimes just don't mean the same thing that they used to mean. Uh, Billy Graham as we mentioned earlier, came to the forefront through crusades. Not many people use the word crusade uh, right now. Even Campus Crusade for Christ is crew. Why? Because when people hear the word crusade, they they typically aren't thinking of what Billy Graham meant, of a a concerted spiritual uh, warfare effort. They think the crusades which, which is, is not something that is a, a positive sort of association. Well, the word crusade occasionally is used, not much. That's, that's not really that much of a loss. The word fundamentalist, if you think about the way that fundamentalist used to be the shorthand for people who were Christians and who believed the basics, the fundamentals, the foundation points of the Christian faith. So if you, if you ask someone in 1925, are you a fundamentalist? And if she said yes, what she's saying to you is that she believes in the inerrancy of Scripture. She believes that uh, Jesus was, was physically raised from the dead, bodily raised from the dead. She believes that Jesus will, will return at the second coming. Those foundational fundamentals of the faith. She believes in the virgin birth. Uh, those sorts of, of creedal questions that were coming under assault at the time. Now, and, and really starting sometime in the 1940s or so, fundamentalists started to be, in many people's minds, in most people's minds, shorthand for something else. So fundamentalists started to mean, in many contexts, 
uh, well that you believe the King James Version is the only uh, accurate translation of Scripture in English, or you believe that pre-tribulation rapture or a dispensational uh, reading uh, of Scripture is necessary, or certain sorts of uh, codes about how long somebody's hair should be or what sort of uh, clothes somebody should wear. And so uh, people largely stopped using the word fundamentalist, and that became even more the case when we saw the the rise of Islamic uh, fundamentalism uh, around the world, and fundamentalists started to mean to people uh, someone who's potentially uh, violent. I don't usually say uh, that I am a fundamentalist because although I do believe in the fundamentals of the faith, that's not what most people are asking me. I can remember one time when I, I used the word for myself, and it was when I was in a really, really liberal uh, gathering of uh, uh, people who were uh, committed to, to the name Christian. And uh, they were asking me all of these questions about where I was and, and where I stood. And finally, I just said, look, what you need to understand is I'm a fundamentalist. And what I meant was what, what I knew they would understand. I actually believe the Bible is true. I, I actually think Jonah uh, was swallowed by a fish. Uh, I actually think Isaiah wrote Isaiah. Uh, th- th- those, sorts of, those sorts of questions. But in almost every other situation... Uh, I wouldn't use it because the shorthand doesn't work for what I mean. Well, evangelical is just shorthand. It, it's a, a way of communicating really quickly uh, what it is, what, what stream of professing Christianity that we're in. So I don't think we should give it up, at least not now. But I think we ought to use the word like a missionary. We all are missionaries. We've all been commissioned by Christ and, and sent, uh, sent forward. And so we communicate with the shorthand, but we explain what the shorthand is. So, for instance, I'm an Orthodox Christian. And what I mean by that is that I believe in classical Christian orthodoxy, the Nicene Creed and Chalcedonian Creed and, and, and so forth. And so I may very well, in a shorthand sort of way, say, I'm an Orthodox Christian. I wouldn't do that, though, if I were in Greece or in Russia. Or if I did, I would make sure that that I was saying, I'm a small o Orthodox Christian. Because in those contexts, when people hear that you're Orthodox, they assume you mean, I'm part of the Greek Orthodox Church, or I'm part of the Russian Orthodox Church. I I believe in the doctrines of uh, Eastern Orthodoxy. Not what you mean small o, orthodox. In the same way, I'm a Catholic Christian with a small c when uh, we're reciting the Apostles' Creed about the the holy Catholic Church or talking about the historic marks of the church as one holy Catholic and apostolic. I believe that. I believe the church is universal, the the literal meaning of of Catholic. Uh, I believe that God's people are unified, but I almost never would describe myself as a Catholic because what the average person would assume is that one means I'm a Roman Catholic. I agree with the doctrines of the Roman Catholic Church, or I'm in, uh, I'm in submission to the, the hierarchy of the, the Roman Catholic Church, which, of course, isn't, isn't true. That The same thing has been the case over and over and over again throughout history. 
there was a time when if uh, someone is asking, are you a Lutheran? What they mean is, do you agree with Martin Luther about the necessity of the reform of the church and about uh, justification uh, through faith alone? If that's what someone meant, then I would say, yeah, I'm a Lutheran. I'm, I'm with him on those things. Uh, typically not now, though, what people mean. What they mean is, are you part of the Lutheran church, part of the, the Lutheran movement? There was a time when uh, people would use the word Anabaptist not just to apply to the, the groups that we now see as Anabaptists, but speaking of anybody who uh, practices believer's baptism, a rebaptizer uh, word literally means, which, is, uh, which was a slur. Uh, that people just eventually, uh, eventually adopted. It was shorthand. It worked sometimes. It didn't work uh, other times. Same thing would be true. I'm a Protestant Christian. But if I'm in Northern Ireland, I'm going to explain what I mean when I say I'm a Protestant. What I mean is not that I'm associated with some uh, cultural faction uh, within that country. What I mean is I agree with the Reformers about uh, sola scriptura and, uh, and justification through faith and, and those, those reformational doctrines. But, you know, the exact same thing is true, really, uh, with the word Christian. When, when you say, I'm a Christian, you have to explain what you mean. Because if you're seated on a plane and you simply say to someone, are you a Christian? And the person says, yes, that really doesn't tell you uh, very much. If someone's defining Christian as, well, I'm an American, or I was baptized when I was a baby and never given any thought to it again, or my parents belong to the Episcopal Church, or or however it is that they're defining Christian. What you have to say is, uh, are you someone who has repented of sin, placed placed personal trust in Jesus Christ crucified and and raised from the dead? Those are the sorts of questions that you're going to be asking that the shorthand has to be explained. Same thing, I think, is true with the word evangelical. Now, what's going to be critically important, though, is that those of us who are evangelical insist upon the gospel as foundational to our use of the term. You can't control what anybody else does. You can't control what your neighbors think when they think evangelical. You can't control what television commentators uh, mean when they say evangelical, but you can explain what the gospel means and what it means to be a gospel Christian and evangelical Christian. So I'm willing to work with all sorts of people and all sorts of things. I'll I'll, uh, work with uh, Latter-day Saints. I'll work with Orthodox Jews. I'll work with with all sorts of people who have no uh, religious faith whatsoever. And I would even join a group that was, say, citizens against uh, abortion or citizens uh, uh, against uh, human trafficking or so forth with those people. I wouldn't join a group that was Christians, fill in the blank, because that would confuse uh, what I mean when I say Christian in a way that, that is overheard by people who are asking, what does it mean to be a Christian? I would never be associated in terms of evangelical with, for instance, uh, prosperity gospel teachers who I don't recognize as evangelical or as Christians. Health and wealth prosperity gospel in all of its iterations is not Christianity. It's a different gospel. It's a Canaanite fertility religion that sends people to hell. It's Baalism. 
not going to, I'm not going to accept that. But at the same time, not ready to give up the word evangelical. Evangelicalism will persist because the gospel persists. And as a good evangelical, Martin Luther, I might have put it, let goods and kindred go, these shorthand words also, the words they may confound, our hope is onward bound, his kingdom is forever. That's loosely interpreted from the German. So let's keep the word evangelical as long as we can, but more importantly, let's be evangelical. Let's keep the gospel. This is Russell Moore, an evangelical Christian, not as seen on TV. Let me know what sorts of questions that you have in conversations you'd like to have here on Signposts. This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.